Welcome back to another episode of On the Long Days. We're going to jump right back into my pregnancy story. So now we're on the third trimester. And before I get into the third trimester, when I was thinking about the first and second, there were a few more things that I wanted to quickly mention. So to sum up the first trimester, the best way that I could explain to my partner how I was feeling, um, and I think it's just kind of a good metaphor worked for me for trying to kind of wrestle with the feelings of my first trimester during my pregnancy was feeling like you found the love of your life and that feeling that you get when maybe you go on your first couple dates and it's so exciting and you kind of just are so lit up about it and um it's just like you're like it's finally happened but you're also feeling like that person could just break up with you at any moment so you're trying to like hold yourself back and kind of not jump in with two feet in a way um even though every part of you wants to so I feel like that is how I wrestled with my emotions during my first trimester and that's like the best comparison that I could use to describe it and uh with my morning nausea because I don't know if you call it sickness again if you didn't actually get sick um but I compared that to feeling like having food poisoning and my period or PMS like every single day for three weeks straight so that's that's how that felt um to me and then during my second trimester I wanted to talk quickly about going for that ultrasound because that was a big ultrasound I I actually only had two ultrasounds during my pregnancy um so the 20-week one was the one that my husband got to come with me and they were going to show us um the screen so again like thinking about it I was like oh my gosh we're gonna get to see what the baby looks like and you know get the photos finally because I wasn't able to get them during my first um ultrasound I was so excited and we went in and it's not that it wasn't exciting because it was but I think people don't tell you like there's certain angles of your baby that are going to look cute, like the profile, the the photo that you see, like most people post of their ultrasound. Like I didn't realize it's always the profile because if you see like head on your baby, it looks like a skeleton. Like it, it's almost like triggering or jarring. Like it's, it's, it's just the total like blank eye sockets, like skeletal outline of your child. And it's it's not what I would describe as like very cute. It's more like very like, I don't know, like clinical looking, like the spine was cool because I got to see all the like parts of the spine, which is amazing. But they're pointing out these things to you during your ultrasound. Like there's the, you know, kidney, there's the, and I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm seeing. It's like a blur of like white and black. And like, it was just like, I wanted it so badly to kind of be like this like beautiful moment of like me recognizing my child and it just it really was not that it it was much more (laughs) like it was much more just kind of like about the anatomy and like you know checking to make sure everything is okay and I'm gonna have my sister on again I mention this all the time but we were talking about ultrasound experiences and she has a really different and um and I think interesting experience when it comes to ultrasound because she had so many with the twins and 
Uh, they're definitely looking for certain things on her ultrasounds and then having to have someone come talk to her about things. So I know she had a lot of different um, experiences during her ultrasound. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I, I, my expectations were totally off for what the ultrasound experience ended up being. And um, I mean, it was still nice, but it wasn't exactly like this like moment that I had built up for myself. Again, watch your expectations when it comes to these things because they will paint a very different picture. But now we're going to jump into the third trimester. So now we're in the third trimester and it starts hitting you like, wow, this is this is it. This is the last trimester and this is like really happening. So the beginning of my first trimester, um, first third trimester, I, I was still feeling really good. We were able to go on like two mile walks um, every day like we would do walks on the beach and um, I was feeling like good in my body the third trimester for me was when I really saw my body change weekly like it was it would be drastic changes I felt like every two weeks I was getting I, I felt like I'd go to sleep some nights and I'd wake up and I was like oh my gosh whoa I'm like bigger than I was the day before um it was just compared to the first and second like there was a lot of growth that happened during the third trimester that seemed to happen a lot quicker than the other two and again I talked about how I dealt with um clothes and changing sizes during the last episode but the third trimester was definitely when that was happening the most like I was going through clothes quickly and I did need to purchase a few things um towards the end of my pregnancy just to be able to get me through but again I would save the bigger wardrobe purchases if you're gonna spend money on things for after your pregnancy I would really only get like a few things to get you through the end of your pregnancy because when you go into postpartum and then if you're gonna be breastfeeding again your wardrobe changes which I wasn't super prepared for during my pregnancy I feel like there was a lot of focus on like pregnancy clothes but it got really confusing for me like dressing myself postpartum and then I was exclusively breastfeeding and then you know that that really changed like what I could wear for tops and I had to be able to access my (laughs) breast constantly so um, I'll talk about that maybe when I get to the breastfeeding episode but I definitely needed more clothes you know for those times Um, and those lasted me a lot longer you know we're talking about like year plus of breastfeeding so needing things for for that compared to a few weeks you know towards the end of the pregnancy when I wasn't fitting into my other clothes um I also wanted to talk about bras because this was like a huge anxiety trigger for me I don't wear a bra most of the time I was like a b chest size and I I felt like kind of claustrophobic when I'd wear like really supportive um tight bras so like around the house and stuff I don't wear a bra but I had a feeling you know with leaking which to be honest like I never really wore breast pads and leaking wasn't a huge thing for me but um I I just felt like okay you know now my boobs are getting bigger and I'm gonna need more support and that was true but I definitely didn't want some like restrictive like the pregnancy bras with like the double strap situations and like they felt like they looked like super just uncomfortable and so I ended up buying probably like eight different bras because as I was getting to my third um, trimester my my boobs were changing and getting bigger so 
Um, I didn't like the way that they felt like touching my stomach. Like that was like a weird thing. It was like my boobs were like resting on the top of my belly. And that to me, like in the summer in Florida, was just not a good feeling. So I did wear like some of the like breastfeeding bras that like have like the click um, that you can like undo towards the end of my pregnancy. But I, I really never wore them when I was actually uh, breastfeeding. So long story short, after exploring all these different bras, which if you want me to do a bra episode of like talking about the different ones I tried, I'm happy to. But what I ended up finding that worked for me was two brands. One is called um, Hara, I believe. I'll put like the name and another one is um, I think Indigo Luna. I'm going to put both of the names in the show notes. But basically what they are is like a bamboo eucalyptus-y, fabric bra that feels like a really supportive uh, bathing suit top and I was able to wear this during my um, birth actually because it was so comfortable and I've worn them totally through the first almost now year uh, with my son and my breasts have changed sizes like I got one in small medium and large I probably wear the medium and large now more um but they feel like a second skin, like I don't even realize I have them on. I can just pull them to the side and breastfeed and then just like pull it back up. Um, But it gives me a little extra support. So for people who maybe want to wear something but don't want to be uncomfortable or really notice it, that's what I would recommend. And again, I'll put those two brands that worked for me in the show notes um, so that you can explore those options. Um, and now getting back into the idea of breast during pregnancy as well, I actually got clogged milk ducts my, I believe it was the third trimester, which was like super shocking to me because I had done, you know, my lactation course to become certified as a lactation uh, counselor. And I didn't really hear about this. I didn't know it was a thing, but you can get clogged milk ducts during your pregnancy. This, it felt almost like a spider bite, like it was red, sensitive, um, on the top, like you could see it like on the skin. And I noticed it for sure when I was in the shower, like I was just kind of like washing and I felt a lump, which is kind of scary, you know, if you're just like all of a sudden feel this dime sized lump in your breast. But I knew like I had been, you know, cleaning myself and it was like a new thing. So I knew it wasn't like something that I hadn't noticed. And, um, then I was talking to my midwife and I was like, something is going on. And sure enough, it was a clogged milk duct. So we'll get into this too with the breastfeeding episode. I ended up getting mastitis during my pregnancy and, um, or sorry, not during my pregnancy, during my first like week postpartum, which was difficult. Um, but I ended up getting clogged milk ducts like throughout my, the rest of my pregnancy. I think I got it like two times um during my third trimester and then I would get them um during like my first three months postpartum and you can read all different things online of what it tells you to do in this situation and again I think it's different for everyone like everything I read was like massage under hot water um and like use hot compresses like hot did not make it feel better for me because it already felt hot so I ended up using if you know like the jade um rollers for like under your eyes it's like almost like a crystal like they make them in rose quartz or commonly I think they use jade 
and uh, it's like this cold stone roller that you can put in the freezer. So I had one of those in my freezer and I just ended up using that to like roll out the the lump um, and it just like felt good to have something cold on it. And then I also used aloe vera gel that I had in my refrigerator and just put that on and then I just kind of left it alone. Like those two things while I was pregnant ended up helping and I just tried to not uh, touch it. And um, then I did different things during my my postpartum period where I could actually like clear milk because again we'll talk about during breastfeeding but what it's not actually milk that's stuck in the milk gland it's colostrum at that point because you're not producing milk so it's like this harder um substance so it's not something that I could have like cleared out through the nipple really um it's just something that kind of had to like break up inside of the breast where postpartum sometimes with the clogged milk ducts if I felt like it was turning into mastitis I I would um try to clear it clear it out so we'll get into that but just know that (laughs) if this happens for you it is normal it happens even though you're not feeding yet the those you know um those channels are starting to like form within the breast that are are getting ready to to feed the baby so you can get a clog uh, during your pregnancy when you're not even feeding it so that's that and then um there was definitely a shift for me that happened halfway through um my third trimester because again I was feeling pretty good had a good amount of energy uh that belly was was growing and then I remember my brother was visiting and I want to say it was probably like maybe like 32 weeks at this point and um we went on this hike and it was kind of like you know it had some incline and like some stairs and bridges and I was feeling I was like so surprised how good I was feeling I was like oh man I am like I could do this every week this feels great um I can't believe like how well I'm doing and literally I think the day after that a total shift happened where I was like no I I, I'm not doing my walks anymore um I, I don't know if the baby dropped but there was such a change in how I felt physically like I just didn't want to move I didn't want to get up um I felt heavy I felt like just uncomfortable and this started the period where I um got insomnia and again I did not know this was a thing but I'm a pretty good sleeper like I'm someone who can go to sleep at like 10 put my head on the pillow like lights out really quick and all of a sudden I you know wasn't sleeping great in general because I was again still peeing a lot um at night but I started not being able to fall asleep like I think maybe it started at like midnight still being up then like 1 a.m still being up and then it started getting into like 2 a.m um every night not being able to fall asleep which was rough and I didn't want to nap during the day because then I was like it's gonna like just make it harder to fall asleep if I nap during the day I wasn't even really feeling super tired during the day and I was getting super freaked out like that I was gonna go into labor a night where I didn't get any sleep and um I just wanted to be able to rest and have my body rest, but it wasn't happening. And then the more anxious I got about it, the the worse that the sleep insomnia uh, became. So 
I want to say that there's like this great fix if you're dealing with sleep insomnia during your pregnancy, but there, I tried everything. I mean, I tried like magnesium lotions that you like rub into your legs. I tried taking huge amounts of magnesium. Um, I tried like Epsom salt, magnesium baths. I tried sleepy time tea. Um, I tried like meditating. I tried doing yoga before bed. I tried like not looking at any screens and nothing was really helping. Um, so the, what I would do is I would just lay in the uh, shower and listen to a podcast that like, I just tried to find something I would enjoy and just lean into that until I got tired. And that's kind of just what I had to do. I had to just like ride it out until I could go to sleep because laying in bed was driving me absolutely crazy having my partner sleep next to me and not being able to sleep was like infuriating so this was a good lesson going into kind of my first few months of parenthood because there's times where um it kind of happens with the baby you know where you really want the baby to be sleeping and it's not happening and what do you do during those moments do you like keep trying to force it or do you kind of like try to just let it go and um, and ride it out a little bit. So that's ended up being what I did. So if you are dealing with sleep insomnia, you know, try the things that I mentioned. But if it's just not happening, just kind of try to have some patience with yourself and know that it's it's temporary in a way. Yes, it is preparing you for, you know, what the next few months are probably <laughs> going to be like in a way. Um but yeah, that was kind of what I was dealing with towards the end of my third trimester. And then an anxiety of it finally setting in that like this baby's coming out somehow. And that sounds maybe strange to mention, but I kind of knew that that was, you know, a part of the process when I got pregnant that I was going to have to give birth. But I really didn't think about giving physical birth that much during my pregnancy because it just wasn't something I wanted to be thinking about to be honest like I loved watching birth videos that's what made me become a doula like when I wasn't pregnant my partner like we'd stop and get gas and I'd see like a home birth video and I'd watch it and I'd be like crying in the car like thinking like that it was so amazing um to watch and then when I got pregnant I I could not watch birth videos I didn't want to read any books I had already read so many books from my doula training so I felt like I knew enough and we did the childbirth education but I I really didn't want to like immerse myself in other people's um birth because I just wanted to kind of focus on the pregnancy getting through the pregnancy and then when it came down to like you know getting into the 30 um you know around like 30 um four weeks I started to really like be like okay this baby's coming out (laughs) soon and it's hard because if you've never given birth you don't know what to expect like I would try to just like not overthink it and be like my body's done you know so much for me during my pregnancy I can give birth but there are definitely some nights where like I would get pretty anxious about like how is this going to go how is this going to feel um how do I like prepare myself for this and that's the hard thing about you know going into pregnancy and then going into this process of gearing yourself up for giving birth is like you don't know and even if somebody else explains it to you even everything I can say in this podcast to try to you know tell you about it a little bit 
it's it's like words just don't totally do enough to prepare anyone for you know what they're they're gonna be going into because it's such a personal experience and it's so different for everyone um and I'm gonna do my best to to try to give you the details that's why I wanted to do this podcast like you know so soon um into my experience with with parenthood like I was in my third trimester this time last year and I wanted it to be really fresh because so much of this just seems like small little details but at the time it was like it was everything um so during that third trimester I had a virtual baby shower which was really nice but it gets into the COVID piece of it um of you know being separated again from people that I love and not getting to experience that part of pregnancy of being in community with other people and then um my grandmother actually passed away um in my third trimester uh I it was just a few weeks before my son was born and my sister uh was having complications with her pregnancy and was in and out of the hospital in this very scary and stressful situation so an almost like mirroring my first trimester we were having these things going on with my family that I was definitely feeling a lot and processing a lot and being like so in my head about like is this affecting the baby like trying to be like I I have to process this just after I give birth I can't you know I'm feeling so much right now and I'm so close to giving birth I just kind of have to like get through this um which you know is like it's hard because when you're pregnant you just imagine your pregnancy and you kind of forget that life is going to continue to happen around you and I feel like especially during this time of like COVID and pandemic so much is happening and you're trying to just stay in the safe little nest of your pregnancy but the world is still happening and things are still going on and processing so much and um you know, I'm someone who like in the, in the past has had like a really strong meditation practice. Like I'm talking like waking up at like 4am meditating for two hours. Like I was in it at some points of my life, like very um, strict meditation. And that was another thing I was feeling guilty about. Like during my pregnancy, I was not able to like tune in that much. Um, Not like wanting to meditate, not wanting to like really have silence around me I really surrounded myself with either like music or podcasts like to distract me probably a little bit but um people say you can't process like a trauma when you're in the trauma and I think a part of that was a little bit during my pregnancy with so many things going on not being able to like really feel like I could process everything at once during my pregnancy um and that probably gets into you know a little bit of my postpartum anxiety that I'll talk about um, during during that episode. But yeah, I think just have so much patience for yourself. Like looking back now, like I said, after like speaking my, my first trimester out, um, processing it almost like as I'm speaking it and realizing like that was a lot. And as I think about my third trimester with the sleep insomnia and losing someone I love and being so worried about my sister, like it was a lot. It was like a really it was a time that was exciting because I was going to get to meet my baby soon, but also like filled with like feelings of like 
someone I love is not going to be here to meet him. And I hope everything goes okay with my sister and her birth. And so many feelings, you know. Um, so, yeah, just I think having a lot of patience with yourself and knowing that you're kind of just meeting yourself where you're at um, and doing the best that you can do, which, again, that lesson will continue through postpartum and parenthood um, journey as well. Uh, and then I want to talk about Braxton Hicks because this was like something totally, uh, totally weird for me like I did not know what a Braxton Hicks was and I was like really surprised to find out and feel what it is so in the end of my second trimester going into my third um I was like waiting to kind of feel Braxton Hicks because I was like reading about it on my little pregnancy app and I remember I was like in an appointment with my midwife and I was like She's like, are you feeling any Braxton Hicks? I was like, I don't think so. And she's like, well, you're having one right now. And I'm like, what? And she's like, feel your belly. Like, see how it's hard, kind of like a basketball. That means you're having a Braxton Hicks contraction. And uh, I I was like, wow, oh, okay. Um, it wasn't something like I felt physically in my belly, but like in a sensational way. Like I had to like touch my belly to see if it was hard to know if I was actually having one or not. But once I noticed that tight feeling, um, I realized I was having them a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I mentioned that now that I'm aware of it, I can feel like my belly is getting hard pretty often. So I had to start drinking a lot of coconut water and I'm not someone who loves coconut water. And I found like a little cheat by mixing in some frozen berries that kind of made it like a slushy. So that's another thing during the pregnancy of like having to you know, take supplements. I again can go over the supplements that I took getting into my second and third trimester but uh having to drink like a ton of water I had like containers in my fridge of water with sliced cucumbers water um with honey and lemon and like just plain water and like the coconut water that I'd mixed with the berry like I had to find ways to like change it up and make it more interesting because I was like how am I going to drink this much water um so yeah that was something that that helped me but knowing what a, a Braxton Hicks um, is and just kind of being conscious of it during your pregnancy that like, you know, you might have them when you get up off the couch or when you go on a walk. Um, the more active you are, sometimes it can it can trigger them. But, uh, you know, just drinking some water, some coconut water if you're noticing that you're having them, them a lot. And I actually went into labor um, like after having – a day where I was having like almost constant Braxton Hicks contraction so we'll get into that with um with the episode of me giving birth which will happen next week I'm just trying to think quick if there's anything else during my my third trimester but I think that that was that was basically it um you know it was an exciting time but definitely I <laughs> like towards the end of my third trimester I felt ready to give birth I think that was something that was like super interesting too like halfway through I was like I could definitely um be pregnant for a few more weeks and that would be fine like I can do this for another month and then I would get into week like 36 and I was like I am ready like the the baby drops so you go from kind of like having that feeling of the belly like touching the underneath of the boobs like being high up and then like physically like my belly button was almost pointing down like towards the, the end of my um 
my pregnancy like it was low and then people start saying the craziest things to you like any day now are you having twins like it go it went from me having like no belly and people being like are you sure there's something in there which again was rude to then commenting on how pregnant I look so all all the different comments come again towards the end of the the pregnancy and um yeah I was definitely just resting a lot and uh feeling like I'm I am ready to have my body uh back so wherever you are in your pregnancy, even if you're just in the parenthood um, phase, you know, even if you're just listening to this as someone who likes to listen to pregnancy stories, I just, I want to say that um, I'm so grateful for you tuning in and uh, being interested. And uh, I'm not super um, active on social media. So if you, there's something that you want to comment on to hear more about, um, you can comment in the comment section of whatever, um, you know, whatever you're using to listen to this Apple podcast, um, is probably the best way to be able to, to leave a comment or a rating or something to, to let me know. Um, I'm also going to have a website called onthelongdays.com where there'll be an email. Um, so if, if there's something that you need to reach out about or, uh, want to know more about, you can, you can get me there. But um, if you're having a long day, just know that you're not alone and you're doing the best that you can. Have that patience for yourself wherever you are, um, on whatever journey you're on. And I will talk to you next week about birth, (laughs) my birth, (laughs) my baby's birth. But it was a birth. It was a transformational birth thing for both of us, for sure. Um, All right.